1: Cheeseheads, get on your feet! It's curd and law. Hosted by Sparky Fiverr and Ryan Horvath.
0: Hey, it's Sparky Feifer, twelve fifty a.m. The fan uh, hanging out here with my guy, special guest, uh, filling in for Ryan Horvath today, who's out sick. He is Jeff Nowak, WWL New Orleans Saints sideline reporter. You can follow uh, Jeff on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak. Also, there's a podcast, Inside the Black and Gold podcast, as well. You want to check that out too. Uh, and it's funny, I reached out to him. He said, Curtin Long, I'm assuming this is a Packer podcast. <laughs> yeah, the, the Curt reference probably gave it away a little bit. Uh, okay, so let's start. There is so much I want to talk to you about because there, there's so many different uh, angles on this from a Packer fan perspective. But I want to start with just the the basic perspective of Mr. Carr uh, at quarterback for the Saints uh, and how he was Welcomed, I guess, by Saints fans. Were they excited when they got him? Were they like, well, we're not gonna go much farther than we went before? He's not that good of a quarterback. How was the general reception of Carr? Uh, and how was it now that they've seen him play a preseason and a couple weeks into the regular season? I would say cautiously
1: optimistic. You know, this is a fan base, and I'm sure the Packers are kind of in a similar situation where it's like you have this star quarterback for so long, you forget what life is like without one. And yep. You, know, you went through two years, you tried Jameis Winston, it worked at points. You know, you started that year five and two in 2021, got hurt. Last year, you started one and one, got hurt, and then it kind of felt like they they needed to reset the deck a little bit at quarterback. You needed to bring in a veteran, a guy who uh, you know, is gonna command that group. And I think that's that's something that Derek Carr has. And it's what you know, from a from the team perspective, you could see that immediately, and you could see the The team has rallied around him very quickly. He's he's the leader of that room. There's no question about it. From the fan base, it's like, okay, so how how, after two years of kind of toiling in mediocrity, right? So you go nine and eight, you miss the playoffs. Thanks, thanks the Rams, uh, blowing that lead and and week eighteen there. No no bitterness about that. Uh, And then last year, you go seven and ten. They were in it. You know, they had a chance. They. If they beat the Bucs in Week 13, don't blow that game. They're right there. They might win the division uh, at eight and nine, even because uh, the Bucs, I believe, won it at eight and nine. And so, you know, I think this fan base is just, you know, they're they're ready to root for a winner, right? Like they're sure. they're ready to just be happy with the playoffs again. And and uh, so, I think that's why bringing in Derek Carr was was a smart move because you know you, you kind of. I just think this team has to prove that it can win without Sean Payton, without Drew Breeds, that it can that 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 the entire Saints era was not just that um and i think we've seen that through two weeks this defense is good enough to to carry this team and if the offense can do its job you know you you'll see a lot of wins you'll see a lot of ugly wins but you'll see a lot of wins as long as the offense can step up late in games the way it has weeks one and week two and close things out even if it got ugly in the first half and so you know Derek, i don't think has played that well and i think he would be the first one to admit that through two weeks Uh, i would grade him at a c uh, from from what I would have been expecting. and that grade is is raised by the fact that he has come out in the last two uh, fourth quarters and really sealed those games with big throws. But you know I, I think if you're if you're a team and you're looking at it and you're like, okay, we have struggled on offense. we struggled to protect the quarterback, struggled to run the ball. We struggled to do just about everything in the first halves of those games, but you're tuning oh. up. Uh, and you know things will get better. You know the protection will get better. You know, Derek Carl will get more and more comfortable with the pass catchers. So I think the Saints are feeling really good, and the Saints fans are feeling really good about where they are right
0: now. It's interesting because you talk about the Packers, they clearly outplayed the Bears in week one. They right. outplayed the Falcons through three quarters in week two for the most part, uh, and then blew that that game in the fourth quarter. Offense couldn't get a first down. Packers defense, missing tackles all over the place. And now again, people are gonna miss Deshaun Robinson all year. I get it. <laughs> uh, but but you just can't because Arthur Smith just wants to, you know, run it down your throat at this point. What about the Saints uh, running attack coming into this thing? Jamal Williams dinged up with the hamstring, which is very popular in the Packers camp right now. Everybody's down with hamstring injuries. So he's probably not going to play, doesn't look like. Uh, Then, of course, uh, you got Kamara, who's still on suspension, so he won't be out there. So what now for the New Orleans Saints at running back?
1: Yeah, so yeah, I I was on the sideline for that game uh, this week, and I watched Jamal come off the field. He did not look like a guy who expected to go back in the game. He came out of the 10. He tested it out did not go well. Uh, he went back to the locker room, never came back in. I would be very surprised to see him out there. We haven't gotten the initial injury report yet, but I would be very surprised to see him back this week. And so, yeah, Alvin Kamara still suspended. Uh, Dennis Allen tells us that they don't anticipate bringing anybody in like there's Kareem hunt signed with the Browns. There's not going to be a last second running back infusion. The guys that are there are going to be the guys that figure it out. And so to me, I think you're looking at an- another heavy dose of Tony Jones, uh, you know he's a guy who the Saints know pretty well. He came up with the Saints, ended up with Seattle, then with Denver in the preseason. Came back. He's on the practice squad now. He's been a practice squad elevation these last two weeks. It'll be interesting to see if they sign him to the active roster before this game. But he had two touchdowns. Uh, he scored. You know, I've, I've people people act like those those first those short yardage touchdowns don't matter. Well, they matter when you don't get them on first down because if you lose two three yards, then sure. you're in second down. Then you're in a world of hurt. And it becomes a lot more difficult. He was able to get two touchdowns on first down. And that really sealed that game. So I think he endeared himself to, to, this, to this coaching staff for that game. So I think he's going to be the main kind of workhorse. And then, you know, as you saw in this game, Taysom Hill, nine carries, 75 yards. He's going to be a major part of that rushing attack, whether it's as the quarterback taking snaps or getting the ball from Derek Carr. So I think that that's going to be kind of your one-two punch in this game.
0: Uh, we'll get to Taysom Hill. I have lots of thoughts on that, dude. Uh, but what about Kendra Miller? Is, it, is that the rookie running back who didn't play this last week and they think he'll play this week? Yeah, so Kendra, he probably
1: could have played. He was healthy enough to play. Um, Daa told us that he just didn't feel like it was fair to the rookie to to send him out there and have him take significant snaps after really not getting a full day of practice. He was limited. Sure. So I expect he'll be a full go this week and will be out there. So you will see some of Kendra Miller. I just don't think they trust him in the pass protection part of the Uh, game. So he's going to be limited. And when you have a guy like that, what you want to avoid is just, you know, every time he's on the field, it's a run, right? Like you, because you you don't trust him in pass protection. So you don't want to be tipping your hand. So I think his involvement will be limited. He could, he's going to be out there. He might get a few snaps, but I think he's going to be the backup and you're going to see primarily Tony Jones and, and Taysom Hill, but they do like Kendra and he can catch the ball. He can be useful, so you know maybe if they get him out there early and he flashes, he he earns himself some more snaps. I would guess between you know twelve to twenty five snaps maximum for him.
0: So oh, Jeff Noack, WWL New Orleans Saints sideline reporter, Kurt and Long. Download on your Odyssey app where you download your uh, favorite podcast. Ad obviously always streaming these bad boys uh, live on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page uh, as well. You can always go back and uh, watch it later uh, if you'd like and see what Jeff Noack actually looks like. Maybe you'll be surprised. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, okay, uh, le- let's talk a little bit about Taysom Hill because okay. I-, I don't know, you know, if you got pictures on Sean Payton, what the relationship is. I have no idea what the deal is. <laughs> they gave that dude stupid money. God bless him for getting stupid money. But it- it's it's interesting because I've been kind of going through your tweets, kind of looking at everything, uh, and you're defending the fact that, you know, they had these design runs for him. He's picking up significant yards when they do quit calling it a gimmick uh, and so forth. And I get it. And I understand it, but if you're an opposing defense, at some point you're thinking to yourself, no, (laughs) just no. If he beats us throwing the ball when he comes in, fine. But otherwise, you almost kind of got to walk everybody up and just play for the run of him running the football more than you do of him throwing. Now, again, remember, he started in Green Bay with, with the Packers. So I get it. Like, I liked him. I uh, I I got down with him in training camp and all that when he was younger. He was old even when he was younger with the Packers. Yeah, I mean he's th- he's thirty one now. Yeah. Exactly right. <laughs> so now i have sitting there watching this and I'm like, well, baden has gone. He's going to be gone. Nope, still there. And they're using him the same way. And I don't know if that bothers Car or not. I think it would piss me off if I was a starting quarterback and get pulled out for you know for Taysom Hill at this point because it's really the only example around the NFL that this is actually happening. Hell, it happened to Drew Brees for God's sakes. That was insanity to me uh, your thoughts on Taysom Hill and this whole thing because from an outsider perspective it seems nuts it, it does but at the
1: same time it's like it, are you really gaining that much from having Derek Carr on the there's a, there's a cat here on the field to hand the ball off like he, it's he threw the ball 36 times in that game it's not like he's hurting for pass attempts right. uh, so in that sense like I I don't know what it's taking away from and especially in this game like you're not typically gonna see <laughs> nine Taysom Hill carries. What's uh, the cat's name, Jack? That was, that was a product of losing your running back. And so you had to find a way, but there's a stat out there. Like when, when Taysom Hill carries the ball more than seven times in the last two years, they're like, they're like, or seven and one or eight and one or something like that. Like there's a correlation between Taysom Hill being effective and this team winning games. Um, I, you know, to me, it's more like, okay, what works, what is working right now? And in some games, they're going to be able to stop Taysom. They're going to bottle it up, and you're going to have to decide, okay, are we really going to put him in there to throw the ball? He has done it. It does work when when it happens, and you're really just pushed up, and he's able to just find someone. I think in that Seahawks game last year, he had four touchdowns. One was a passing touchdown to Adam Troutman. Um, So he he can hurt you that way. That's always a thing that you have to at least account for. But to me, it's like – if it's working, then you keep doing it, right? And you it's always like, okay, I'm going to keep running this play and this QB power set until they prove they can stop it. You got into the fourth quarter of that game. The Panthers never proved they could stop it. He was averaging eight yards a carry. And in games like that, it's, it's not gimmick. It is an effective piece of your offense. Now, where I think you get into trouble is you're trying to force feed Taysom the ball because you're like, no, this is part of our offense. We're going to run it. It's like if they're playing the two deep shell, and they're taking away passes over the top. Are you going to keep throwing it deep? No, you have to take the passes underneath. Where if, if they're not playing a defense that is capable of stopping you with that extra blocker, which is the benefit of having Taysom on the field, you get 10, you know, you get that extra player who can block right. as opposed to a quarterback who's handing the ball off and then getting the heck out of the way. Um, that's where you gain it. And for a team that, you know, I think has struggled to pass protect at this point. Any, t- any way you can establish the run, you don't have Alvin Kamara, you don't have Jamal Williams. Uh, having him in there, bowling people over is, is no uh, small thing. It's nothing to scoff at. And then there's also the element that every team in the NFL needs guys who are willing to play special teams. They need good athletes, good players who are willing to go out there and make a tackle, stick their nose in. Uh, he's a, He's the personal protector on the punt unit. So it's always a fake waiting to happen. He makes special teams tackles. He does everything. Um, and so for a, for a team that's just trying to find an extra edge, he makes sense. And you know, one of the reasons you don't see it around the league is I, there's only one Taysom Hill. And I don't think there are other guys, there are players on rosters across the league who are capable of doing what he's doing, of of taking snaps and, and running the plays that he does. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I... I I I understand why it's kind of strange to people. And yes, he has been paid a good sum of money. And uh, that was more about Sean Payton really projecting him as the next Steve Young, which I, you know, that was always kind of silly, Mm -hmm. Um, but in the role that he has embraced and is willing to do, it's a selfless role. He gets none of the credit, but he does all of the dirty work. Um, Yeah. I think it's an advantage. And, Uh, I don't, you know, when it's, when it's, when he's averaging eight yards a carry, I don't understand how you can sit there and call it a gimmick. I mean, (laughs) so let me
0: ask you this. So are the people calling it a gimmick saints fans or is it from other teams that follow you when, you know, the saints are playing their team and then you hear it from those fans more than from the actual saints fans.
1: Yeah. It's a lot of, it's a lot of, well, you're taking your quarterback off the field to do this. And it's like, yeah, well, you were handing the ball off anyway. So what do you really right? any, uh, but you know, it's. The weird ones are when the quarterback actually runs out to the side of the field and pretends he's going to catch a pass because yeah. you, know, you don't gain that extra blocker. But it is it's a scenario where it's like you put Taysom Hill in that personnel and the defense always has to have it in the back of their mind. He could be getting the ball. And the more you have to make the defense plan for the better off you are. You want sure. them to be confused. You want them to be on the back foot. Uh, the people who are complaining about it, in my opinion, are primarily fantasy football people. Right. They're the Chris Alave fantasy owner who thought they had that touchdown and then it got called back. And then all of a sudden, it's Taysom Hill taking it down to the two and Tony Jones Jr. Punching it in two guys that no one started. Right. That's so, true. Yes. Like, I think that's where you kind of get that real vitriol of like, no, this is dumb. Stop doing this. It's like it works. Why would like yeah. as long as Derek Carr is OK with it, the Saints are OK with it. And from what we have understood, it's not something that he is concerned about. Again, he threw the ball 36 times in that game.
0: Let's talk about uh, wide receiver. You talked about Olave, stud, no disagreement. Uh, Let's talk about Mike Thomas. Uh, Didn't play last year for the most part, right? So now he comes back this year, and I'm watching training camp reports, and he's trying to get his legs underneath him and try to get back to be the guy who he is. Uh, then I see your video. He gets into it with a Panther player. Cause he apparently, according to Dennis Allen walked down the wrong tunnel. I sure. Okay. Uh, so anyways, <laughs> so I don't think I believe that, but either way. So they get into their little shoving match or whatever, but he, how close is he to being the Mike Thomas? That was that damn good back in the day, or is he kind of a shell of himself at this point?
1: Well, so I, I think the reality is somewhere in the middle, right? Like, That 2019, you're not going to see Mike Thomas catch 150
0: passes in a season, right? Like, excuse me. I get something to drink there, no doubt. Hopefully the cat didn't drink all that water. Yeah, I
1: think that's the cat hair coming at me. (laughs) Um, But yeah, you're not going to see him catch 150 passes in a season. And frankly, you know, that's that's if you go back in the history of the NFL, when you look at guys who have those massive seasons, they tend to get hurt. You know, when you have those crazy big workloads, look at Cooper Cup now. Marvin Harrison, when he had that record-setting season, his next year, he got hurt. I think Julio Jones, when he had his major season, where he had, I think, 120 catches, he got hurt. So it's like that workload, in and of itself, makes it difficult for guys to maintain what they've been doing. That said, even if he is a, sh- a shell of that 2019 version of himself, he is still a very effective football player. And what we've seen through two weeks six catches, seven catches, about 50 to 80 yards. Those are hard yards. Those are the chain-moving yards that you need when you know you have weapons on the outside, like Chris Olave and Rashid Shahid. You also have a guy who can go in the middle of the field and battle as well as anybody to make catches. And while he's not going to get 15 targets a game like he was, those targets that he does get are in very important situations. You saw that deep pass to Shahid that closed out the game against the Titans, a 16 to 15 win. Well, before that play, the the catch that no one's going to talk about is second and 12. He catches the ball, turns it into a third and six, a ball that I probably no one else on this team catches because he's getting demolished as he gets to it. And so that's the type of player that you have right now. You don't have the dynamic 99 Madden rating Mike Thomas, but you do have a very strong physical receiver who's going to fight for footballs in contested environments. And that's what the Saints just didn't have last year. You know, Chris Olave has worked on that. He's gotten a lot better. I think everyone saw that diving, one-handed catch he had, where he decided to spike the ball, even though he wasn't touched. Thankfully, it went out of bounds. So he's gotten better in that in that environment. But you know, Mike Thomas from from just a physicality perspective, from a mentality perspective, he's an emotional leader of this team. I think everyone is better when he's out there. You know, he's he's a valuable piece, Uh, and but that's what he is—a piece of this offense. He is no longer the entire offense like he was. Back in 2019, and I think the team's better for that. If I'm being honest,
0: Uh, uh, go from one old guy to another guy, old guy, a fountain of youth guy, uh, Jimmy Graham. What what is? How is that all playing out? Because we thought he was done in Green Bay. Uh, Watch him go to Chicago. Then we were convinced he was done, Uh, and then he has a big highlight or whatever. Uh, What was it? Preseason, I think he had a big highlight, or was it the first week of the regular season? I don't remember. But either way, finale. Yeah, big, big highlight. And we're like, what the hell is going on in New Orleans? What, what, where has that Jimmy Graham been? He was all Graham, all fired up. So how much of a role has he played? Is he kind of relegated to player coach? Or is he actually going to play a role on this team? Yeah, he started he started riding
1: bikes. That's apparently the fountain of youth for him. Is there He started go. going on 100-mile bike rides. And that knee injury, which he said that knee injury really never healed. The one that he got in Seattle, he had a torn patella tendon or whatever. The same right. injury Victor Cruz had. It's a very difficult injury to come back from. He was back from it within in like 10 months, but he never really got right. And so he, what he said was the year away from football, he started cycling a lot. It really helped his knee and so he felt like he was able to come back. He did always want to re come back and have another year with the Saints. So it's kind of working out for him. I'm I you know I, I I'm not convinced right now that he is a productive piece of the 53-man roster in the sense of plays on the field um he did have that that really nice touchdown he had a couple contested catches in that preseason finale that I think cemented his spot on this roster but through the first two games the only on-field contribution you've seen is negative 10 yards because he had a holding penalty he hasn't been targeted and obviously hasn't had any catches I haven't seen him make any spectacular blocks I haven't seen him draw any real attention how many snaps uh, is he getting I think he had 10 snaps this last game. And to me right now, it seems like he's just an ornament. He is there as a novelty. And if that's the case, you know, they went into this last game with two running backs, just two. And your starting running back went down. And the only guy you had available, not including Taysom Hill, uh, was a practice squad call-up and Tony Jones Jr. Would you not be better served with a third running back who also plays special teams in the space of the you know, situational tight end who happens to be named Jimmy Graham and have his picture up all over the facility. Uh, I'm I'm starting to lean the other way. It's a cool story. I'd love to see him catch a touchdown in the Superdome. That would be awesome. But that can't be a reason you keep a guy on a roster. So, you know, maybe, maybe there is something, maybe they incorporate him more this, this coming week and going forward. But as of right now, you know, he's been a non-factor.
0: How has the protection been for Mr. Carr uh, at quarterback through the first couple of weeks of the season? Because the Packers, you know, from their perspective, they got some edge rushers now. Uh, And I I don't know if Van Ness will play. He's been he got hurt in the last game, but they're a rookie uh, out of Iowa. First round pick. But Rashawn Gary coming off of injury has looked really good the first couple of weeks. Preston Smith has been around. Uh, Inge Barre showed some stuff last year. The kid out of South Carolina they drafted last year. I uh, look good in preseason uh, as well. Kenny Clark moves off the of nose. That's really opened up TJ Slayton and get a push up the middle. They can produce a pass rush. Devontae White out of Georgia. They drafted last year. He's shown some stuff. Their front seven is a lot better than it's been uh, over the last several years, for sure, at this point. So I'm curious to see what this offensive line for the Saints look like and whether or not the Packers can get home.
1: Yeah, in a word, suboptimal. Um, okay, it It's not, not been great. It's been, you know, I, I think, one thing they have done well is gotten better, more effective throughout the course of a game, right? Like I think in a lot of instances, you're going to get caught with stuff you haven't seen before, especially when you're going against a young, you know, like a young group, a group like this, this last game, there was a hero ever. they haven't really been able to scout him. They changed to a three, four. And so you're going to see some games up front that you're not expecting and you get beat. It, if that's happening in the first quarter, I can accept it. If it's, if you look good in the first quarter and that's happening in the fourth quarter, that's a problem because that means you are getting beat throughout the game. And so what I have seen is the Saints have gotten have been good at scheming help at at trouble spots, which right now that's been everywhere other than Ryan Ramchek. You know, James Hurst has struggled at left guard. He was left tackle last year. He's a veteran. Uh, Trevor Penning has struggled at left tackle. He's a young player. I think he took a step forward this week. He was probably the high point of the offensive line this week in terms of he got toasted week one and he, and he seemed like he has a chance to be a solid left tackle in week two. So that's good. <laughs> uh, Eric McCoy has struggled. Teaser, we have struggled. So, you know, that's something that has been a problem. And, uh, you know, I, it's, it's one of those situations where I agree with you. I think the Packers front seven is very, very good, but I still think it's the third best front seven the saints have faced. Cause I think the Titans have a top three front seven and the Panthers are right up there too with, with Brian Burns and Derek, Derek Brown. Um, so, you know, at some point it might get a little easier, but that's, that's the point of this game that I think is going to be important. You have to be able to establish the run with. Whoever is there, I don't know who it's going to be, but it's going to be a struggle. You can't give up on the run because then that allows these guys to just pin their ears back. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's going to be the X factor this week. It's going to be the X factor every week. Can you keep Derek Carr upright? And that's one of the other reasons that I don't understand the whole hatred of the Taysom Hill part of the offense, because at least when Taysom Hill is on the field. You're not worried about your quarterback getting teed off on. <laughs> true. Yeah. <laughs> and, true. Uh, and so, it, you know, it, it's it's something that they're going to have to figure out. We've seen the tight ends be virtually non-existent. People keep asking me, well, where's Jawan Johnson? Where's Foster Morrow? And it's like, well, John, John Johnson was on the field for 62 snaps of that game. He's blocking. Right. Like that's how do you how do you help your offensive line? <laughs> well, you say, hey, tight ends. Come on. Come over here. Help out the left tackle. Give a chip. And that makes it a little bit more difficult to to get them out in the passing game. Uh, but, yeah, that, that's that's going to be the probably the X-Factor matchup, in my opinion, is the Packers' defensive line, defensive front versus the Saints' offensive line because it could be a real long day for them.
0: It could be a long day for the Packers, too, because uh, yeah. on their offensive line, Bakhtiari, who knows if he'll play this week. We have no idea what's going on. Like, is the knee really that bad, or was this just uh, I'm not playing on turf? Uh, and that's how we're going to play this all year because he's been very vocal about the turf. After his guy, Rodgers, got hurt, he was all over social media complaining yeah. about it again. He got he hurt his knee on turf uh, on top of that. So we'll see how this plays out. Now it's at Lambeau. So if it is a turf thing, I, I'm hoping he's going to play at left tackle. Elton Jenkins, their next best lineman at left guard who can play out five positions. Uh, it looks like he has a sprained uh, MCL, so he's going to be out uh, for several weeks, it sounds like. So they won't have him at left guard, which means they're going to have to make Uh, A change there. And then Aaron Jones, who this offense is pretty much based around, I would say at this point with Jordan Love at quarterback, he didn't play last week. They still had a chance to win, but A.J. Dillon, as big as he is, should be a lot more difficult to take to the ground than he is on on a consistent basis. And then behind that, you've got Patrick Taylor, who's been the Packers practice squad for a couple of years and and getting some time. Uh, Eugene Wilson is a guy uh, that is a rookie uh, that led all of the NFL in preseason rushing, I believe. Uh, And he got a a couple of snaps, I guess, in the last game behind A.J. Dillon. So if Aaron Jones can't go and he's coming off of a hamstring, just like Christian Watson, their number one wide receiver, who hasn't played this year still because of a hamstring. If Jones can't go, that's going to be even a bigger problem for the Packers because then there's really not as much of a threat of a run and you have some inexperience on that offensive line to go with it. I get concerned. How good is that Saints Saints front seven that the Packers are going to have to deal with?
1: Yeah, so that's that's another, you know, it's it's weird. It's hard to gauge through, through two weeks because it's like, okay, are you just facing really shoddy offensive lines or are these guys really flashing? And, you know, Carl Granderson was a guy who all throughout camp, we saw him making splash plays and getting to the quarterback. And it was always like, yeah, but he's going up against Trevor Penning every day. And I'm not sure if Trevor Penning is very right. good. So maybe yep. that's just a bad sign. And he's going to get shut down by NFL left tackles when he gets out there. Well, that has not been the case. Through two weeks, I think he has two and a half sacks. He's just been a constant pest in the backfield. He forced a fumble that really saved Derek Carr's bacon in this game. Derek Carr had a really ugly interception. Three plays later, Carl Grandison gets the ball back. And so, you know, we've been waiting for um, the Saints to put a guy across from Cam Jordan who can make life easier on him. He's he's still great. He's older, but he's still getting the job done. He's facing double teams on almost every snap with Marcus Davenport out there. He had a half sack. Dude, the entire season last year. Um, and it just was not getting the job done. And Carl Granderson took that starting job from him. as a UDFA out of Wyoming. Uh, he's just been getting better and better every year. So he's the guy that, that has really been the X factor for the Saints. They rebuilt the interior. So Nathan Shepard had a really good game this past week. Colin Saunders uh, is the guy from Kansas City. He's just a run-stuffing D tackle. He's a guy you need to have on the defensive line. And then the first-rounder, Brian Brzee, has been very good. He's more of a pass-downs player right now. But he's got a heck of a spin move. He actually ended the season of one of the Texans' offensive linemen because he just like his spin move was so vicious. He like br- he, like tore something. Um, and so that's, uh, you know, that's been a, a highlight of this group because we know the secondary is good. You know about Marshawn Lattimore. Paulson Debo has been really solid. Alanti Taylor has been solid in the slot in his second year. He got Tyron Matthew back there. So you knew that group was going to be a strength of this team, but it's all complimentary, right? Even the best secondaries in the league. You can only cover for so long. If the quarterback right. is just able to stand there and pick you apart, it's going to happen. Uh, and so you need a pass rush that can get there with four guys, and the Saints have it right now. Um, now again, it's like they've faced two really questionable offensive line groups. is will they be as effective when they go up against some of the better offensive lines in the league? I don't know, but for now, Carl Granderson is the guy who has been wrecking the offense uh, through these first two games.
0: Yeah. Jordan loves that clean pockets so far, whether it be preseason uh, or now he's had, he's had clean pockets and that's the one thing that Packer fans want to see when that doesn't happen and he gets some pressure on him over and over. How does he kind of react to that? And you talk about how good your secondary is. And I don't disagree. Uh, This pack of wide receiving core is young, really, really young. I mean, the most experienced wide receivers are Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. Watson hasn't played. I don't know if he'll play this week, but he missed part of last year. Why? hamstring Uh, and Romeo Dobbs. He also missed part of last year. He was hurt. So even the most experienced guys on this team still have not played a full season of football. Either one of them played a full season last year. And then you've got rookies behind them. And I I, I'll say this much as young as they are a wide receiver and tight end because Luke Musgrave, I think is going to be a pro bowl type tight end uh, at some point, Uh, but they are faster uh, and more athletic than they've ever been um, since I've been watching the Packers, and I've been watching the Packers since, I don't know, back to the Lynn Dickey era. This is by far the fastest team I've seen, and the most most athletic team I've seen at wide receiver and tight end. I think twenty twenty four will be the year that this kind of all kind of comes together after these guys all get a full season of experience of playing with one another and playing with Jordan Love. Because you know, when Rodgers got into that team, he had all vets around and Donald Driver mm-hmm. and all these guys were already there, and he was the new piece. Here, Jordan Love knows the offense better than anybody in the wide receiver or tight end room. So he's constantly having to teach. If a, if a wide receiver goes the wrong way, then it's okay, dude. Uh, that's not how you're supposed to run that route. You're going to have to run it this way. Um, but it'll be interesting because this will probably be their stiffest test from the aspect of the best secondary they face to this point this, with these young wide receivers and then how they go. I think the one thing that has really been confirmed for people that question Matt LaFleur is his ability to to scheme guys open his ability to run an offense. Cause when Rogers was here, he didn't want to do half of what LaFleur wanted to do. He hates motion. Well, they're running 72% of their plays. Uh, I think uh, they're running motion on that's fourth best in the oh, NFL. Yeah. Uh, he loves motion. Uh, and so everything he's wanted to do, Jordan love, obviously is going, okay, coach, we well, have yeah, whatever you want to do. We're going to do it. So you're really good at starting to see now what LaFleur wants to do with this offense where you never really got that chance with Rogers And he's proving himself with a guy that has only got a couple of starts. And this offense just continues to move the ball. That last game, they punted in the first quarter. And then they didn't punt again to the fourth quarter. Now, again, the offense there in the fourth quarter stalled a little bit with penalties and whatever the case may be. Uh, But second and third quarters, they were moving the ball up and down the field and and couldn't be stopped uh, from the Atlanta Falcons defense. From your perspective, Dennis Allen, strengths, weaknesses, uh, as a head coach and, you know, everybody Packer fans should remember he was a head coach before. So this isn't like this is a first time head coach here. He's done it before. I'm sure and he's learned a lot uh, in the from the previous head coaching job and the Derek Carr connection, obviously. Uh, well, what do you take away from Dennis Allen?
1: Well, first things first, I do. You mentioned Donald Driver. I loved those older Packers offenses. I remember yep. James Jones, Greg Jennings always loved yep. those guys in fantasy. <laughs> uh, the way the Packers develop quarterbacks, I wish more teams did it the way they did it. And he's like, you can draft a guy in the first round and give him time, and then he gets on the field, he's ready to win, right? Yep. I, I watched that game, most of that game against the Falcons, and then the plane took off, and I got, I landed, and all of a sudden, the the Falcons won. And I was like, what happened? Uh, anyway, uh, but you you ask about Dennis Allen, and you know, year one, I think it, it was it was kind of weird because it was it felt like. He It was just an extension of the Sean Payton era, and they were trying to do that. They were trying to maintain continuity at basically every spot but head coach. It was basically the same coaching staff, basically the same roster. Jameis Winston was the quarterback, right? Pete Carmichael was the play caller. Um, and this year, they've made a concerted effort to, clearly, to make this team more in his image. He brought in Derek Carr, a guy he drafted with the Raiders back in 2014. Obviously, they know each other well. You know they they hired Joe Woods as defensive coordinator, Marcus Robertson as the secondary coach. These are both guys he worked with in Oakland. Todd Grantham's the defensive line coach. He's new uh, in you know uh, Zach Streif. You know Sean Payton poached a couple coaches, and so you had to fill those spots. Two offensive line coach stuff like that. But you know what I think you've seen this year is just he just seems more confident. Seems more like the head coach and not just a placeholder. And so. When I think what you're getting from that is the team is is feels like that. The team feels more cohesive. You're not seeing a lot of those kind of, you know, untucked errors, right? The 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 errors that are made because the guy just didn't look ready. Um you're right. seeing it looks more prepared to win, and that's why you can win some of these close games. You know, the margin is so thin that it's tough to know when you get on the right side of it, but then you end up winning 16, 15 games and you're like, okay, that's it. That's where we want it to be. And so I would say his strengths. Uh, so far, have been you know allow Pete Carmichael to coach this offense. I think that's when you when you get into mis- when you get into trouble with head coaches that are on one side of the ball or the other, right? Whether you're the offense coordinator, or the defensive coordinator, it's when you are not willing to you know just delegate labor. You want to be in control of everything, but you can't be. There's just too much stuff going on. You have to trust the people you hire to do those things. And I'm not sure he, he was doing that last year as well as he could have. This year, I think he is, and I think Pete Carmichael has much more control over the offense. The defense looks like it's more in line, and 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 that's what I think. It, you know, when you have Dennis Allen, it, his strength should be. This is a team that plays really clean football. It's just he is a very uh, you know detail-oriented person, and this should be a detail-oriented team. Well, it wasn't last year. They made mistake after mistake. Every game, it felt like we were talking about, well, if they did this, if they didn't make this stupid error, if Mark Ingram didn't run out of bounds a yard before the, the first down, they win this game. Well, those are the things that have gone right this year. So I, to me, that's the strength of Dennis Allen, is this is a very tightly run ship. Things are going the right way. People are doing things the right way. Uh, Other than Chris Alave, again, spiking the ball when he wasn't down. (laughs) Um, You know, stuff like that. That, That's the type of stuff that shouldn't be happening.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I got two more for you, one of which will be the prediction at the end for the game, obviously. What about this division? Uh, My kid, 16-year-old, has been a Falcons fan since second grade, third grade. Was I liked Harry Douglas on the Madden video game. Got him a Harry Douglas jersey all those years ago and has been a Falcons fan all the way through. He about died when they blew the 28 to 3 lead to the Patriots in the Super Bowl. That was a disaster. Um, that's the name of his fantasy football team, is 28 to 3. Uh, so he's a big Falcons fan. So I I follow a lot of Falcons. We had De Orlando led better on last week on the Curtis Long podcast. I'm known De Orlando a long time. He worked at the Journal Sentinel here in Milwaukee. Uh, so I'm really in on the Falcons. I'm not in at all on Desmond Ritter at quarterback. So when I look at this division, I just say best quarterback is car and that's the way I'm going. And I think it's the best defense too. Uh, the Saints defense is probably the best too. Falcons spent a bunch of money. I get it uh, on the defensive side of the ball. I still pick the Saints to win this division and maybe the Falcons win eight or nine games, but I still think it's the Saints uh, at this point when you look at this division, how do you see it?
1: Well, I, I can tell you, I didn't expect the, you know, three, two uh, right. and O teams. Right. I, I, I Probably, you know, the Saints don't necessarily surprise me that week one win, uh, you know, that was a tough game. I always expected them to beat up on Bryce Young. It's just very difficult for rookies to win. And so I, I don't see them being a factor this year. Maybe, you know, he, right. he'll be playing better later in the year and they might be a spoiler for some of these teams when when he starts kind of picking it up But rookie quarterback lose. It's just it's just the way it is. Yep. They lose a lot of games. You do not see rookie quarterbacks win. Even guys like Peyton Manning. Go look at Peyton Manning's rookie season. Hey, uh, man, you know. I'm a
0: Colts fan. I lived through it. I went yeah. to the Colts-Chargers game Back in the day, between Ryan Leaf and Peyton Manning, my buddy goes, this is the worst football game I've ever been to in my life. Why did you bring me to this crap? And, and he was right. very unhappy, and I had to buy him drinks that night. But but yeah, so I lived through the Manninger. But you're right. He was god-awful through a ton yeah. of interceptions. Looked like there was no chance he was going to be any good. And then he makes that big jump year one to year two, like you say. Uh, so yeah, anyways. So yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah, no, rookies struggle. It's it's just a point that's like yep. even a number one overall pick. Look at Trevor Lawrence. Look at Kyler Murray. These guys struggle. So I'm not worried about the Panthers um, in terms of competing to win the division this year. Uh, the Bucks are, are you know, I think that Bears team might be real, real bad.
0: I mean, <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm starting are. to
1: wonder if Justin hey, Fields has about, regressed.
0: Did you hear about earlier today? I was on Twitter and we're recording this here on, on Wednesday at about 1236. So it may have happened while we're doing the podcast. Media gets the Bears' practice facility. Defensive coordinator is nowhere to be found. Alan Williams, hmm, no idea. They ask, they ask "Hey man, where is he?" Hey man, I you know don't want to really talk about that. You know, uh, moving on. <laughs> if you follow a question. <laughs> hey man, I, I you know can't really get into it. Or dude, if they and I don't know if they're going. If they fire that defensive coordinator and he gets a say as offensive coordinator in Chicago, there are some big, big problems in Chicago at this point. But yes, I agree. The Bears team uh, is brutal. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, the Bucs beat the Bears. They did beat the Vikings, another team
1: that just is is just seems rudderless right now. They're zero and two. You know they if they won a oh, they were eleven zero in one score games last year. I think they're zero and two in one score games this year. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so you know I, I'm not sold on the Bucks yet. I think what you've seen out of the Falcons is real. Um, I think it, they, they should be one and one. I mean the pack the Packers had that game in hand and and gave it away. But, you know, I think that's what it's going to be to me is is Saints-Falcons. And then, you know, maybe the Bucs, maybe they can. That defense is real good. You know, they kept it together. They still have playmakers on offense. Baker has done the job so far. So, yeah, you, you know, he, another number one overall pick. Uh, but, you know, it, it's it's tough for me to see them, that offense, maintain um, throughout the course of the season. It's going to come down to these head-to-head matchups in the NFC South, I think. And, you know, the Saints don't – they get the Bucs in week four. So that'll be a good litmus test for kind of where these teams stand against each other. But, you know, my, my prediction going in was 10 wins for the saints. Um, they have a really soft schedule. They don't, they face every rookie quarterback. You know, they get CJ Stroud, Beautiful. they get Anthony Richardson, they get Bryce young again. Um, you know, in Jordan love, right? Like, you know, this is a guy who's in his third career. Now, well, he's had starts before this year, but he's basically mm-hmm. a rookie, you know, in, in his third year in terms of time on task in the NFL games. So, you know, they've they've got a very favorable schedule of QB matchups. I think the best one they face is Trevor Lawrence. Um, and so, yeah, I, I mean, if they can get out to like 3-0 and without Alvin Kamara, I think you're feeling really good about their, their chance to get double-digit wins uh, and get back to the playoffs. It feels like a lifetime since they've been in the playoffs because, you know, the last time they were there, none of the fans were able to go to the games. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I think this this Saints team is going to start. They're going to hit. They're going to hit a skid at some point. Um, But I think Derek Carr is going to start playing better. The offensive line is going to start protecting better, and and you're going to see a bit more cohesion from offense to defense. But I I think this Saints team has a chance to to give some teams some trouble. Are they a Super Bowl contender? Probably, I mean, probably not. You know, any team can win it when they get there. I, I grew up a Giants fan. I know that better than anybody. Sure. Um but. You know, it's, it's just a, you know, for this team, it's like getting to the playoffs. You're on the dance floor. Anyone, anyone has a shot. And so that's where I think this team is focused right now. And I think they're going to get there.
0: You like the saints against the Packers.
1: You know, it's, it's tough. I I like Jordan love a lot. You know, the saints have, you know, I don't think they struggle against rookie quarterbacks per se. That's been the thing that people have said, but they're actually like 10 and two against rookie quarterbacks they struggle against quarterbacks they haven't faced before it seems and especially guys who can move around i think jordan loves going to give them some trouble um and if this offensive line can't get their act together then it's you know the that that's a tough environment to play in uh when when the defense is getting sacks and the crowd is very yeah. very loud and so you know i i i think it's gonna be a, a one score game you know either way it's gonna be close it's going to be another rock fight um i i think they you know that this secondary is really good, and I think they're gonna, you know, they're gonna find a way um, to 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 get stuff to get it shut down. And if the Saints can run the ball, they they win the game. If they can't run the ball, then I think the Packers take it.
0: He is Jeff Nowak, very 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 good. WWL New Orleans Saints sideline reporter. Follow him on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak. Jeff, thanks so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. For sure. Thanks for having me.